If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Hey y'all, or hey one person, it's me, Alon, and I've got Rachel Teichman with me this week for another edition of Lost and Rewound. Hi, Rachel. Hey, what's going on? So nice to see you again. It's nice to see everybody listening to us right now. Or one person. We don't know. It, it, it's, it could be literally nobody. It could be nobody. It could be one. It could be multiple. Hey, if you're listening to this, <laughs> prove it. Prove it. Send us, you An know, email. contact us on our, on our Facebook page. We have a Facebook page. Yes, so we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash lost and rewound. Let us know that you listen to us. We want proof. <laughs> or you could just like, if you're listening, you could hashtag lost and rewound while you're, you know, sitting in your car, uh, trying not to tear your eyeballs out or something. Who knows? That sounds painful. I mean, if I was stuck in New York City traffic, shit, I need something to listen to to not go entirely crazy we're gonna go crazy lost and rewound is the weekly dig and the dive into the rough and raw sounds of your past audio connecting the dots between then and now we have guests come on to share what they sounded like when they were younger and that is what we're here to do we're here to provide a platform for objective talkbacks to the things that we used to do and the way we used to sound and if you yes you I'm talking to you. Stop looking at the road and listen to, to stop listening to whatever you're listening to in your head and listen to the voices from the speakers. Lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org is the email address to reach out to us and pitch us your ideas, your submissions, and um yeah, be on the show and be a friend, be a guest. The more the merrier here. Um we do this every week here on Radio Free Brooklyn. And I'm very fortunate that uh we have a really good guest this week. Are you looking forward to this? I sure am. I know that you mean what you say when you say it with that tone. You know, that's the thing. I I do mean it. I do. I, I, did, I did I not just? <laughs> I'm using the Rachel Teichman logic of objectivity in my own right to agree with yours. The Rachel Teichman, what? <laughs> <laughs> like law of objectivity? Yes, I am very much looking forward to it. I am so looking forward to it. Okay. Shall we then? Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Let's get started. Let's get started on Lost and Rebound. Our guest this week is a talented musician who you might have seen with either of his two previous bands performing live, either Mon Khmer or Oberhofer. 
These days, Matthew Shiner is still performing under the pseudonym Tropic of Pisces and spends most of his time in L.A. overseeing production operations at the late Glenn Fry's Doghouse Recordings. He holds a very special distinction as well as the very first guest contributor on Lost and Rewound all but six years ago. Mm. Welcome back, Matthew Shiner. Thank you, Alon. It's great to be back. You're actually for the first time in the studio. Or you know, the, the, That time, six years ago, you were uh, unable to make it because you had a gig. So you were kind enough to chime in, I guess, through like Google Hangouts or what it would be now or Skype or something. Yeah, I think I Skyped in. Yeah. Google Hangouts. Or Google Chat, GG Chat or whatever it was, it was called. Chat. <laughs> Welcome to the show, man. It's so nice to see you again. Likewise. Uh, I feel like every time I uh, am graced with your presence, uh, it is uh, like a, a unicorn has uh, has rainbowed over Brooklyn or something. And I'm like, ah, what did I do to deserve this presence? I do. I ride a unicorn. Generally? Most of the time. Uh, they're typically more fuel efficient than a hybrid or... A moped. See, it's more about like if you're gonna ride a dragon or a unicorn, it, it just feels easier on like you know the, the the traction on being on the on the back of a dragon is much harder than a unicorn. Those scales versus like that you know amazing mane. Yeah, well, it's it's you actually feel safer on a dragon, but they uh, they're such large vehicles yes. that they consume so much, uh-huh. and you know they can be a little dangerous. There's a lot to manage there emotionally for them, um, but yeah, it, it, you you really get a good strong hold on the back of a dragon. If you can't ride a unicorn or you can't ride a dragon, it seems like you're uh, in air travel in the air in general traveling uh, pretty often. Um, I is- wish. I wish with all my heart to the to fly with dragons in the land of ours. Oh, what is that from? Dragon Tales. What is Dragon Tales? It's a movie. A no, movie. It's not a movie. It's a t- it's a TV show. Really? It, it, yeah, it Dragon a, Tales. It was adapted for television or was adapted for a movie? No, I I don't think there was ever a movie or even a special. It was just Dragon Tales. Oh boy. Okay, when did this come out? I I feel like I should know this. Maybe like 2000. 1999. Okay. That's that's taking it back. Yeah, it's a very important part of my life. <laughs> In 1999-2000, um there were um I I can't even think of any TV shows that were really that like other than maybe SpongeBob, Early Adult Swim. Yeah. Early really Early Adult Swim. Fairly Odd Parents. We're talking Nickelodeon here, yeah. This is all Nickelodeon stuff. A lot of it. This is privileged information. Well, this is Drag- very- <laughs> Dragon Tales was Channel 13. <laughs> oh, okay. PBS like, Kids. Get, like Ghost Rider and Magic School Bus and stuff. Arthur. Would you ride a Magic School Bus if you could? Dude, Miss Frizzle's where it's at. I, If I haven't already, yeah, I would die too. And just to spend the day with Miss Frizz. Magic school buses uh, seems like probably what you would end up uh, riding around uh, if you're on tour. Uh, it seems like if you're not already traveling all the time via air means uh, you're just on the road. Yeah. Do you prefer being in the air more than you being on the road? Uh, well, it depends where you're going. Obviously, in the air, most of the time you're not driving. Yeah. Uh, for most people. Is it stressful for you? I mean, you seem like you do it a lot now since you're bi-coastal. Uh, I do. And... Um, I've gotten used to it. I mean, Delta Silver. Excuse wow. me? Last month. I am. What are those perks? Is, I got a free checked bag. What? Yeah. Insanity. Yeah. 
That's crazy. So I'm. this is basically, this is the high point of my life. This is the best it's ever been. When you're on tour, uh, you haven't been on tour in a while, rather, huh? Uh, no. Well, technically, I am right now. You're on tour now? Yes. What, in I, what capacity are you on tour? Uh, I'm, I'm mixing front of house sound for Mr. Twin Sister on their Northeastern uh, tour right now. And what is it like to be on tour on a much different, in a much, well, I guess you've been doing it for a while, right? I mean, you've been sound engineering uh, and producing for several years while you've also been, uh, you know, playing double duty in many different bands. That's right. I can't decide on what I want to do <laughs> at any given time. I like to just cycle through things because I have short attention span uh, and I enjoy them all. This is fun because Mr. Twin Sister tours exclusively in a pair of rented minivans, pretty much always uh, Dodge Grand Caravans late model and there's the healthy van and the stoner van and i usually ride in the latter but i i kind of straddle the two because sometimes i want to go for breakfast at whole foods uh and you know leave early in the morning and maybe like stop for a scenic vista um or sometimes i just want to be a a waste man's that's interesting. So I guess that must be a very, no, I mean, it must be very common, in fact, when you have a lot of folks who are kind of uh, shoestring budget uh, getting, you know, around, not necessarily in a bus in one vehicle, but two vehicles. There's uh, shifts, there's the the uh, the slackers, and then there's the, the, the responsible folks, I suppose. Yep. yep. In, the, in, in this case, uh, the, the long route. <laughs> the yin and the yang. Yeah. And it, yeah, they, they must both exist in harmony for the world to uh, continue spinning. You know, now that you are in a position of more overseeing, uh, does that sort of younger, more, f- not foolish, but more like, you know, fancy free and yes, party. Yes, foolish. <laughs> okay. Like I said, foolish. The foolish partying type uh, of, uh, of musician that maybe you were, maybe you uh, still are. Do uh, you like to tap into that when you can? Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's uh, it's like a reminder of things past, and uh, it's. Uh, I don't have kids, which is great because I'm irresponsible, and it's nice to just kind of take a brief foray back into what you know the the really like the depth of that that I used to. I mean, not you know, I'm married now, so it's like not totally That's right. that vibe. But um, just to be like, well, yeah, no, nope, I'm showing up to work. It's 8 p.m. and I'm going to work for a couple hours and then I'm going to get loaded and pass out like a degenerate and it's going to be super fun. I'm How- jealous of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Wait, so... Now that you've been in L.A. more of a now that you've been more of a fixture in L.A. because you used to live in New York full time. And how long ago did you move to L.A.? About two and a half years. We did see each other uh, with our dear mutual friend Shandy Sullivan. uh, And you and I were chatting a little bit about the odds and ends of being in a new city that, you know, you're. You've entertained visiting, but now you're actually living there more so. Yeah, well, actually, it's oddly enough, um, I'm. I think I'm about to leave L.A. You uh, are? Yeah, I don't want to get too deep into it, but basically my wife, who's from Toronto, she has very low level of confidence that she's going to be uh, granted her green card renewal uh, mm-hmm. that that we're up for right now. So uh, we are, I mean, I was planning to move back to New York 
uh, at the end of this year. And then we were going to try a bi-coastal lifestyle. And uh, now we might just leave the country. Okay. And who knows? Maybe in February. And you'll be living in Canada. Uh, yeah, or we might go other places in the world. There's other cities we've talked about checking out, you know, while we are still in our 30s and, and sure. don't have children. Now is probably the time to go try living in a, a city far away. How does that affect your uh, musician lifestyle? Do you continue trying that? Or do you, I mean, you can pretty much transfer any and all of what you're doing probably in another city. But, yeah, there's there, there's ways yeah. to stay active. You know, you can make now with, I mean, now. Uh, in the, <laughs> but would <laughs> you, would you want to do that? Yeah. I mean, when I first moved to New York, after college, I um, started making music like with a sequencer, you know, by myself. And that was really, uh, that was like a really positive, rejuvenating experience for me to just like let go of people to an extent and be like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I can make music by myself and it's still fun. Um, so yeah, if I was isolated in a new city and had a drum machine, I would definitely still make music, yeah. You went to Berkeley School of Music, correct? This is correct. And what did you study? What did you, like, focus mostly in? Was it guitar or something, or, or many instruments? Uh, well, I, when you go to Berkeley, you have to have a principal instrument, you know, that could be voice. Uh, I chose guitar because I was really self-conscious about singing at that point. But I majored in music production and engineering. Mm-hmm. So, Rachel, you uh, have mentioned in the past that you know how to play cello, right? Or you, yeah. you, but you never did. You get a chance to do that in college at all? Uh, okay, so I wanted to, and I I brought my cello to school, and I I was not a music major, and I really couldn't take classes. But I contacted the department chair for that whole area, and I was like, hey. I want opportunities to play my instrument. And he's like, yeah, join this orchestra. It's low stakes. It, anybody can. And you'll get performance opportunities. And I'm like, okay, great. And he's like, all you have to do is register for this one class. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll think about that because I, I don't know if I can do that. And I looked into it and it just wasn't going to work out. And Like little credits for like no reward kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, I was focusing on all of my other work. And so, right. and he had also agreed, this was in the spring, he agreed to store my cello in his office for the summer. It was complicated because I was going back and forth between Jersey and South Carolina. I have a small car. And we made this agreement that I would join the orchestra and this class and he would store my cello for the summer. And I come back and I realize that I can't make the commitment to him. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do this this semester. When can I come pick up my cello? He would not respond to my emails. He would not pick up the phone. I could not get in contact with him. And so I finally had to just break into his office and <laughs> right before a hurricane evacuation. Because I like, what if the school got destroyed? I wasn't going to just abandon my cello. Of course, no. And this was in like late September and so I got one of his pet students to let me into his office. Oh, you got a gopher. Yeah, the dude had a key. Wow. Yeah. And I, I explained the situation to this dude. I'm like, bro, I need my cello. He understood. So he let me in. I got my cello. And I was afraid I was going to get in trouble with the school. But nah, 
Now that this guy held my cello captive because I couldn't be in his orchestra. Reconnaissance mission. Totally. Wow. He literally stole (laughs) my personal cello. Damn. Like, do you know what those things cost? Do you know, like, how attached you can get to them? I get as attached to my cello as I do a stuffed animal. It just seems like a really hard instrument to be stealthy about. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, we were chatting uh, the other... My name was on it. Well, yeah. I mean, we were chatting with Catherine Maringolo about a harp and like, imagine trying to steal a harp. Yeah. That's not really like the most conducive instrument to try to like snag from the, you know, it's very noticeable when like there's that imprint (laughs) when you take something. Yeah. University employee steals my cello and then I steal it back. It was nope. some kind of Pink Panther situation. That that's per, that's a very good analogy. Uh, did that something similar like that happen to you, Matthew, at school? Or luckily, no. I mean, some friends stole the we stole the Rhodes seventy three from the high school band room. Damn, it was uh, it wasn't being used. It was just like in a in like kind of a storage room and uh, took it. And we, we we made a lot of recordings with it. <laughs> some of the maybe the recordings that we're going to be hearing later, perhaps put it to better use. Okay. That's fair. We've uh, been graced of with uh, some of your music, as mentioned, as I just alluded to. Uh, we will get a chance to listen to it later in the show. Before we begin on that front, we were just about a humgrown, humble podcast uh, for you know doing a in Doug Johnson, our old producer's <laughs> apartment, and uh, we were listening to some of your old recordings. Uh, and I mean, it is a huge distinction, really huge distinction, because uh, even though this show has been going on for the years it has been. Uh, the fact that you could be here in person and hold that uh, mantle as the very first guest contributor on this show uh, means a lot that you could be here. And it would be, I'd be remiss if Rachel did not get a chance to hear uh, a little bit of your baby voice uh, just so, uh, you know. Oh, little... man. Yeah, I don't I can't even remember what it what clip it was that I found. Uh, but micro cassette recordings. That OK. You had. Oh, oh, yeah. Maybe it was from the answering machine. Maybe. You said baby voice, and I just, I got so motherly. Motherly? Motherly. I just, I just feel the need to hold a small child (laughs) and nurture it, care for it, grow into the sunflower that it can be. Matthew is in a fetal position right now here in the studio, and it's very entertaining. Uh, Let's take a listen to just a little bit of this clip right here. Let's 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 uh the original air horn. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's so much more in that clip uh, that we I wish we could play. It's so good. You'll have to listen to episode six. Yeah, episode episode six. six. Yeah, yo, 
single digits. Single digits, baby. Oh, my God. Edited Memory was the name of the episode. We had a lot of fun. Um, half of it was spent talking about Father's Day stuff, and then the other half, uh, yeah, we did an hour and a half episode. <laughs> month, every monthly 90-minute episodes back then, <laughs> as opposed to the weekly 60-minute, 59-minute episodes that we do now on RFB. Um, magic Trained. Um, you wanted to be grow. You wanted to grow up to be magic trained like Papa, Papa, Papa. Um, your dad is an engineer as well. Yes, he still does, or is he retired? He still does. I was actually just uh, up at his house this weekend uh, to help him test out uh, some new microphones and hook up some more gear for him. What's your favorite software? <laughs> uh. I, I used to use Cubase and Nuendo by Steinberg uh, pretty exclusively, and they still make kind of like the coolest. I mean, Ableton is is a different thing altogether. It's a, Ableton is like a really impressively um, yeah. uh, capable like composition software. But as an audio engineer, I Steinberg stuff was always the the best, but it was like that VHS versus beta thing where like the better format didn't win. It was just the one that had better marketing and was able to capture the, you know, the sort of corner of the market. You have taught your father some things, I imagine, over the years um, just as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's not great with computers as a member of the baby boomer generation. Uh, and I grew up with them. I had access to my first, well, he had an Apple IIe when I was like a baby. Um, and I would play some really, some really sick games on that, uh, off of seven and a half inch floppy, uh, the disc. Ugh, there's probably people who hear seven and a half inch floppy and they're no, like, I don't. ew, you can't say that on the radio. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Problematic terminologies <laughs> that was from a, the early days of computing. <laughs> that a perverted was history. A, a floppy disk method of of data storage um, uh, from <laughs> from way back in the days of y'all. Uh, and uh, but no, we got a we got a Macintosh uh, desktop computer when I was ten years old that was able to connect to the internet uh, in its early stages. Damn. Um, so I've been computing from a young age, and I so I obviously like have become his computer guy. Yeah, and you were working with him, and then you when you broke when you broke out and branched out to do it more on your own. He was in full support of that. Yeah, very much. He's been. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm. In, I can't even express in words how lucky I am to have him as a father. I mean, a just that sentence on its own like he's a great Elliot Shiner. dad yeah he's a great guy and really excellent father and he's also one of the world's best all-time uh recording and mixing engineers uh so to be able to you know in that same career be able to bounce stuff off of him like hey what do you think of this mix and like can you help me out with this you know bass drum sound or whatever uh and he's he's always very supportive and he's He's always eager to help out, um, so I I feel very lucky. Like I don't deserve it. You have a family of four. It's a, you have a younger brother, or are there more yes. siblings? Okay. And yeah. did your younger brother ever get into music as well, or what kind of? Uh, um, um, recreationally, he, he yeah, did. Okay. he did. He played uh, like he played percussion in the school orchestra in uh, elementary and middle school, and he 
plays drums sometimes you know it's just there's a drum kit in the basement and he'll like play along to stuff and um but his 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 main thing is uh he's a pitcher he's a knuckleball pitcher what and, uh, uh and he also fixes up cars he, he he's almost done with his second uh early 40s uh willie's jeep uh the Ooh, military jeeps yeah, yeah. He, he, he finished one Took him twelve months. He started it for a birthday present for my dad a couple of years ago. Finished it a year later, and I got to drive it recently. It's terrifying. <laughs> what kind of uh, baseball league is he in now? He plays in kind of like a local, or I guess a, a regional men's league in Connecticut. Uh, his team is in Connecticut, but they play teams from around the Northeast. He's twenty eight now. He was playing on a few unaffiliated minor league ball clubs around the country. He tried out for the majors several times, uh, and people just don't really know what to do with a knuckleball pitcher. It's kind of a dying art. It's and true. uh what he the comment he did get a lot, which is valid, was like, well get a few more miles an hour on your fastball and then, you know, the knuckleball will be more powerful. Uh, yeah, what's I, I feel a little bit uh, strange asking, but uh, how do you distinguish a knuckleball from any normal, like a fastball? Uh, it's the most different kind of pitch. It's uh, it had it's the only pitch that doesn't spin at all. So the the when it's thrown properly, the ball travels through the air, not spinning, uh, as opposed to when you throw a fastball, it's like spinning backwards. Um, when a curveball is spinning, like to the side or over the top on a diagonal. And then the, cause the way that the baseball spins and the seams beat against the air, uh, creates pressure that affects its trajectory. So mm-hmm. a fastball will tend to go like very straight because the, the seams are hitting the air on the bottom of the ball and on a curveball it will, you know, uh, drop yeah, and move to the course. side because they're hitting up on the corner. But a knuckleball does not spin does at not all. Does not spin at all. So That's frightening. Yeah. yeah. A 95 mile an yeah. hour not spinning ball. They're much slower. Uh, they're around like 75 miles That's an right. hour. That's right. That's right. And they because they're not spinning, their trajectory is completely unpredictable. It's random. Um, so it can wobble. It can just drop. It can it can act like a curveball. It can do nothing. Uh and it's slower than the pitches that batters are used to. So it's, it's very hard to hit. It's very hard to catch. It's very hard to throw properly. And the major leagues want fastballs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I get that now. You know, I mean, this I don't, is America. Yeah, come on, man. We want fastballs and hard bats. Well, I've got a curveball uh, for you. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, ask your health. How have you been lately? Uh, pretty well. You know, I still have... Uh, hemophilia type B severe for you know life unless they uh, figure out curing it. I did get cured of hepatitis C, which I had presumably since I was five years old as a result of you know tainted uh, blood product that I needed to treat the hemophilia. Right. Um, uh, which I got lucky. You know, a lot of other people like got HIV uh, in my position, and uh, you know wouldn't have the opportunity to be sitting here today, and. Uh, you know, I started working out. Oh, nice. Because I'm 35. <laughs> <laughs> you started. You did it. You know, you see all those TV commercials. When you're growing, those infomercials are like, I'm 42 and I'm in the best shape of my life. And you know what? It's, I, I love was like, those. I guess I have to do this now. And yeah, I'm, in, I'm 35 and I'm in the best shape. 
I agree. You look great. You 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 look like you're uh you've been uh, benching. I what, did, what do you do when you work? I out? did actually try benching for the first time a week ago. Mm-hmm. I I I'm I was afraid of of that. I was afraid of getting on the thing and just like oh well here's this heavy thing that I'm gonna do. I usually do just uh like free weights, high intensity interval training. And oh, you like that? I don't like it, but it works. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, it works really well, but it's <laughs> it's very unpleasant. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I have I haven't done too much of that. I've done a little bit. Um, I'm more of like a classic power lifter. Okay. Yeah, high intensity interval, like, oh, man. The first time I tried it, I thought for not just for a few minutes, but I thought for about an hour afterwards that I was dying. Yeah, yeah, I could imagine. I've <laughs> felt very similarly when I've tried it, yeah. and I'm just not interested in it anymore. It doesn't seem like something the body is meant to do. Yeah, but maybe no, if you but get it is used though. To it. The body is meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no follow up. <laughs> no support. No, it is though. Like, I wish I had something to say. Like I don't work out at all, and you both do. So like, is that I'm, like a like a running from predators? Yeah, it is. It is like like our bodies are meant to do sustained, relatively high energy things, and then stop, and then do it again. And we've just we've devolved so far as a civilization that the thing that we're meant to do now is. We can't. Do, most of us can't do it anymore. Yeah, no. okay. But like most of us have like the physical capacity to be able to, to an extent. I buy that. Yeah. You're looking good. You're sounding good. Everything. You too, by the way. Ah, yay! Thank you, thank you. I just, what can I say? Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm in a happy mood today um, because I got you back here. And Rachel, you're here too. It's great. <laughs> I don't know where his voice is coming from. Let's let's take a quick breather and uh, and chat a little bit off air about um, about working out and health. And uh, no, but when we really we will get back uh, from this break with uh, some glorious sounds from the early aughts. I'm stoked. Matt Shiner is here joining us here on this edition of Lost and Rewound. We'll be back in a little bit. And you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at radiofreebrooklyn.org/donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. You can also donate to Radio Free Brooklyn by shopping through Amazon Smile, Amazon's charity initiative, where you can shop and support a nonprofit of your choice at the same time. It costs you nothing. Just go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash smile to sign up to have RFB as your donate and start shopping. Welcome back. If you want to listen to our show 
in the archives, including one that might feature a certain Matthew Shino, who's our guest this week on LNR, uh, you could do so on SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash Lost and Rewound for uh, pretty much the lion's share of all of the years of LNR going all the way back to 2013. Uh, Matthew Shiner is uh, currently right now uh, pointing. I don't know where you were just pointing. Back to the past. Back to, to the 2013. Pa- exactly. Oh, I thought you were power posing. <laughs> Whatever 2013 was to you, to me, it was the beginning of a podcast that is now a broadcast on here, Radio Free Brooklyn, in which uh, we recommend you go to our website, uh, radiofreebrooklyn.org slash LAR, and you could catch all of our episodes of the RFB variety right there below our information on the drop-down player that is uh, powered by Megaphone. It's amazing. You can go to that page and you can go to that drop down player and listen to all the past episodes with a click of a button. It's very simple. So that's radiofreebrooklyn.org slash LAR. And otherwise, yeah, you can go to soundcloud.com slash lost and rewound. We're also on iTunes or I guess Apple Podcasts now. It's changed. Um, I think Spotify and Podomatic should have some of our episodes from the past as well. Matthew, you're laughing. I see you laughing. Are you having a good time so far? Having a good time. I don't remember what I was laughing at. I'm a superstar as well. Uh, but you are a bigger superstar. And you've been uh, a superstar for quite some time. A superstar since the MySpace days. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Is MySpace where you got discovered? Uh, well, yeah. Everybody on MySpace was getting discovered. Isn't the whole point discover like new music like there's like a discover option in the in the tabs on myspace I and you could like l- find stuff i think there music. were two different myspace user bases and i was of the one that was not necessarily on it to discover new music yeah yeah I, in that same capacity i think i was uh, there just to really socialize and uh maybe fraternize as well and then have top eight you know that was carefully catered oh yeah every well, well, week what was the music video that you chose to automatically play when somebody would open your MySpace page? Oh, I didn't have one. But really? you, but your band had a MySpace page. Yeah. And they didn't have an autoplay? Um, well, it would autoplay music. Oh, okay. Yeah. My so, music. But yeah, I did I, I did have a personal MySpace, but I didn't I mean, I You went under the name Biclops. Yeah. So when I met you, you and I met each other, oh god, I want to say like 2008. Eight. Yes. Uh, been seven actually and we were karaoke nerds karaoke dorks karaoke geeks whatever i think karaoke connoisseurs connoisseurs and uh you went by a name biclops which to this day i think uh i i I hold dear because that is nobody else is biclops just you that's true as far as i know Uh, how did biclops even come you're not a cyclops you have two eyes so you're just biclops yeah the freakish cyclops born with two eyes and cast off of his own island um (laughs) the same high school buddies who stole the roads from the band room they they were in the the year beneath me they were the year behind me and for their senior year spring weekend thing where it was like you get a half day on Friday and maybe, you know, some students would like, you know, do a music performance if they had a band or something outside. And there was like a field day and the, the faculty would all like grill for the students. Um, it was the Friday before spring break. Mm-hmm. Um, they put a band together just to like play a bunch of covers and fuck off and have a good time. And I was going to come do one song with them. I was going to come and do getting Jiggy with it. Na 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 na. 
na 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 na. Okay. You need a special name. You need like a name for your for yeah. your guest slot. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's a good idea. And then my friend Ted was like, what about Biclops? Because he's a big Simpsons fan. And I was like, sold. Uh, and and then. So is that why it seems so familiar to me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, how did Biwa come into fruition then? Was uh, that so? Uh, my other, connected. Well, the other guy of that power trio, my buddy Dave K, who uh, is now the owner of a very, very wonderful uh, beer brewery up in Connecticut called Nod Hill Brewery. Okay. Get that plug. Mm. Um, uh, he and I were both in Germany together one summer, uh, just kind of fucking around in the Rhine Valley. And we were on a train and we saw like a cargo train car that said Baiva on it with a capital B and a capital W. And in our apartment in Boston, Ted and Dave and I, we smoked a lot of weed and we had kind of like a small secret, not secret, just a small language that we'd invented that had a few short words or sounds that meant things that kind of expressed emotions in a way that made us laugh mm, you had um, your own language yeah it was really geeky uh and so oddly enough there was a sound that was bay and a sound that was wa and those were opposites of each other yin and yang so to speak again going back to that theme callbacks and uh <laughs> bay was an expression of, of general discontent wa was an expression of general content and uh, we saw a train car out a window that said Bay was one word and we died laughing. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to I have to like call my band that. And then I did um, <laughs> because there was, you know, at 22 years old, like there's no filter. No, you know, it's just like, no. oh, that's a funny idea. And then you do it. Well, I, just I, know, some, I know some things about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly as like a 22-year-old, like just idiotic white American male of of privilege, there's no filter. It's just like, nah. oh, that would be dumb. Let's do it. And then you do it. And uh, and that's how... That's how that's I've a, been living my life. I mean, I was saying, that's like, how people yeah. get arrested. Yeah. Well, luckily you did not get arrested, but you did the next best thing. And that was you made an EP and then you made a, an actual album. Uh, that was mixed by uh, somebody or uh, that wasn't your dad or like what you were in Boston when you were in college doing this or like when was this album cut? It's called Keeping It Clean. And Over 18. And Over 18. That's a wonderful name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, this was, so this this LP, so to speak, was uh, kind of like a collection of songs that we'd recorded at different points. Um, and this was in 2005, right? Or uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there was stuff on there that I had recorded self-produced with my buddy Tim Mitchell engineering. And there was stuff that we'd recorded with another friend, uh, Travis, who I've always known as T-Bags. Um, Travis Ferentz uh, <laughs> took me a second to remember his real name. And some stuff that we worked on. Uh, we got to work on at George Massenberg's studio and, and with uh, with our buddy Ryan Billia in nashville uh and we all just we kind of just put it all together on one disc so that we could have a nice cd to sell at shows with some really (laughs) 
really interesting photography. Well, I have a I have a question for you. Um, are you concerned that the name Biclops is going to be reclaimed by a couple of Brooklyn hipster singer songwriters with a ukulele? Isn't that over now? What? The ukulele? No. Bisexual girls with a ukulele? That's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Really? Really. Okay. Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> yeah, that's that's far from gone. <laughs> if a bisexual ukulele duo in Brooklyn wants to reclaim that let, name, let them. Let them. Yeah, let I, I hold no copyright. <laughs> I, I, you know. Hey, there's a there's a show called Lost and Rewound that existed in England in Huddersfield. Really? We, we we had the guy who murdered? helped conceive it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah murdered. <laughs> no, he he uh, called in. He skyped in actually himself, uh, and we chatted for like a half hour. It was awesome. That's He's such a sweet guy, Edward Joe Steele. Shout out to him. Let's take a listen to Gene Banana right now. That's uh, Gene with a J with a G. Sorry, <laughs> Gene with a G. That's a, yeah, Gene, like Gene Simmons. Gene Banana. Uh, let's just dive right into it. Okay. Are we ready? Are we ready? Let's yeah, I'd like to preface busy. this. I haven't listened to any of this <laughs> since in at least yeah, in at least ten years. All right, beautiful. about 7 a.m. 69. So there's actually a story for that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain. Because like, that can... was just thrown in there. Uh, yeah, it really just, I wow, no filter. So my buddy Dave, a couple times in college, we, we took a road trip up for a weekend to Montreal uh, where we were legal to drink. And one time driving up, we're, you know, passing through Vermont and... <laughs> saw a license plate that said 7 a.m. 6 9 uh no periods or anything like it could have been a random one but we didn't know and again died laughing and i was like i'm gonna put that in a song and then i did but also the song that i or the person that i was kind of thinking about when i wrote this song which is a, a friend to whom i owe my 
chief sexual awakening mm. uh, while I was in college. I think the that did happen. I think there was also a 7 a.m. 69. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Which was my first uh, for... <laughs> it's a little it's a little overrated it is yeah no it's bad at that time certainly (laughs) you Um, need coffee damn it yeah and then after coffee it's still a bad idea (laughs) yeah okay if you've been awake all night yeah and at it in some regard or another then yeah yeah, fine it's like i mean what does anybody know at that point? It takes a strong sex drive to want to fuck somebody at that time of morning. Then I guess I've known a lot of people. Mm. Hey. <laughs> you left him hanging. It's okay. Hey, there we go. High five. Okay. On on to the next topic of which uh, is the same topic. Dirty is the name of this track. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it dirtier than uh, what we just heard? It's much cleaner, actually. <laughs> I'm excited. All right. Let's, 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 let's take a listen. track was fucking funky man it's real funky i mean like that's why it's dirty because it's funky as fuck showering at night uh speaking to the chorus a little bit uh that's a funny thing you mentioned because uh, i always thought showering at night was so strange because i had thing well it's perfect now i love doing it now but as a kid another high five another uh, you know uh, if you're one, happy and you know it i think only one friend of mine growing up whenever like i would go to like a friend's house for like a sleepover um, his mother insisted that we showered at night. I had a friend, like she was my best friend in early elementary school, and her mom would occasionally make us like take a bath together. And that mm. was like we were just old enough to be like, this is kind of weird. And like sometimes her mom would like do multiplication flashcards with us while we were in the bathtub. But what? I but I didn't know how to do multiplication yet. But my friend did, 
And um, but she and I, when we would play, we had this rule that we would never put our butts to each other. Yeah, like back to back, butt never. to butt. No, 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 like not touch butts, but like <laughs> we could never expose our butts. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I've understood. And this always happened at night. <laughs> <laughs> were you a big shower at night, Matt, or was it really more of a, you, you really like to shower during the day, like you wake up and get yourself clean? I do kind of need that to start my day properly, Yeah, but I do like taking a shower at night because it's a great way to fall asleep too. That's true. Uh, but yeah, the, the I didn't, <laughs> at some point, the idea for a lyric, I take my showers at night, probably after listening to Corey um, Feldman? Corey Feldman. No. Not Corey Haim. No. Uh, Corey Booker? Corey, I wear my sunglasses. I wear some. Oh, I, Corey Hart. Corey yeah. Hart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, what if it was I take Don't my be showers. afraid of the guy with the shades at night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. What if you? I, what if it's raw to say, yeah, I take my showers at night. Yeah. That, that's dirty. a layman lyric. <laughs> Calling back to our karaoke uh, uh, <laughs> mentioning before and listening to the, the way you sing, um, somebody who is hearing this is probably very intrigued at I am at least um, at your like stylings uh, vocally and like what kind of influences you took. Uh, that first track that we listened to Gene banana. I was like, Oh boy, I was really obviously um, into fish and Donald Fagan. I mean, not that like Donald Fagan doesn't have a cool voice, but I was, <laughs> was like yeah. openly doing an impersonation. Yeah. It sounds like. That makes sense, actually, now that you hear. And, and it also seems to uh, translate into the chord progressions. Like it has a very Steely Dan sort of vibe. Yeah. In, in that last song, especially. Yeah. It's like, oh, and here's a chord you wouldn't expect. Should it be there? Up for debate. But it's there. It's a flaming chord. <laughs> it's a flaming curveball. For our final track, we have a track called The Wash. This is a doozy. This is an epic. The Wash. We got dirty. Now we're getting washed. Yeah. So this was this was actually the first song that I ever wrote. Um, And the the first song. How old were you? And you wrote it. I I wrote it in like the summer of my freshman year of college. So I must have been 18. At that time, I was really into the streets. Uh, which will be obvious uh, very soon. I was really into was a British rap group of yeah. guy named the Streets. Yeah, Mike, very uh, white. Something. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, and uh, I was really into Gorillas and Zero Seven and like not much more than that. Uh, it actually came as like the the production. I think if I remember correctly, it was kind of beautiful. Uh, this guy Scott uh, wrote a really beautiful string arrangement for the end and it's intense there's a lot of stuff but it basically the first song i ever wrote which ended up being a thing i did writing songs was like imagine some fucked up fantastic scenario oftentimes involving cults and think up a fucked up story and then like illustrate it in song and um this is a perfectly illustrative bad example of that
When you recorded that, did every in the studio, did it catch fire? Because that was a flaming track. <laughs> you stick around this one long enough, you'll see that this is a, a common theme. It's always <laughs> something that has to be said with something that deserves that kind of title. You have officially reached flaming status. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. Feel it it's, in my fingers. You know, that's a fucking ambitious first track to be writing <laughs> there's like you're 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 singing in a different accent than the one you were born with you've got like a woman speaking in french and it's, oh, it's it has gr- all the necessary elements of a top hit and it's and it's and it's pleasant to Those listen to two elements accent you weren't born with woman speaking in french Oh boy, it's just so bad. Uh, but you know what? It, it's still kind of funny. It's funny. I can laugh at it. We, oh yeah, yeah. I can laugh at myself. That's why. That's why I'm still alive. It warms my heart. The but cockles of it my heart. It warms the cockles. It warms the cockles of my heart. It warms the flavored cockles of my heart. And I just love the bio. I love how Baywatch, like, all you need is, like, a TCH and you're, like, Baywatch. Yeah. No, that was the That was the joke? Yeah. Oh, Baywatch. Oh, like, Baywatch? (laughs) No, but, yeah, it's spelled, yeah. You just, yeah, it's spelled, like, (sighs) and that's how you know you have a bad band name. You have a group right now, which is yourself and uh, a bunch of session musicians, I imagine. You have a rotating cast uh, for Tropic of Pisces. Mm. I've gotten the opportunity uh, some years ago, was to see you perform, uh, but it's been a bit minute since you've put out some uh, re- new material. It has been. Um, where can people find you and listen to your music and follow along for the next updates? I've got some Instagrams. I've, I'm, you've got uh, a few Instagrams. I've got a few. Yeah. Well, I've got you know I've got like a Tropic of Pisces Instagram that mm-hmm. I update when there's something related to that, which is you know so you can follow that Tropic of Pisces. Uh, you, I've got my. My other one that I use all the time, you know, if you're interested, it's Matthew 2, which is M-A-T-H-Y-O-U-T-O-O. Of course, the obvious way that you would spell that. Only you. Only you. I love it, though. Thanks so much for having me on this. Thank, oh, really my God. Nice. Thank you. You know uh, what? I love the, you. I love you. 
I love oh. the both of you. This is great. I'm so happy we did this. I'm sorry that nobody else could uh, join in, in our, uh, our our love fest, but I'm glad that we were able to be graced with the sounds of your past <laughs> for this edition of Lost and Rewound. Matthew Shiner here this week for our edition. Thank you very much, Matthew. My pleasure. We'll be back in a little bit to wrap up. And that's our show. That was wonderful. I had the best time. What about you? I had the greatest time on a Thursday afternoon. Indeed. Before we go and get out of here, we got some uh, house cleaning, shall we say. Rachel? After more than a year of dreaming, researching, experimenting, late night conference calls, and early Saturday morning meetings, the Me team is happy and proud to present to you the Me Bottle. This double-insulated, reusable stainless steel bottle disinfects water in a 60-second cycle utilizing UVC LED technology and is 99.99% effective against E. coli. A single charge via micro USB lasts up to 30 days and the bright LED display lets you know when the water is ready to drink. Join us in bringing clean water to all. Raise your bottle and drink to you and me Find out more at mebottle.com. My name is Alon Danziger. I'm Rachel Teichman. And we'll catch you here next week for another edition of Lost in Rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn. Brooklyn. in fact thursday <laughs> just come on <laughs> just just you know be, be natural about it i don't know what you want me to say all right all right all right i just i'm just trying to be uh judicious here with how much time you get on the mic and i'm not trying to like strong arm i appreciate that <laughs> strong arm strong arm strong arm strong arm Strong arm. Strong arm. Strong arm. Strong arm. Strong arm.